It's worth knowing what's really going on. This is the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Welcome to the premiere episode of our new podcast, Go Atlanta, from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. I'm the AJC's arts and entertainment editor, Shane Harrison. We will be here every Thursday to introduce you to the most interesting people, places, and things to do in and around Atlanta. This will be the podcast to get you ready for the weekend. I'm food, dining, and living editor, Lagaya Figueres, and I'm here to tell you about my latest Neapolitan pizza find. I'm Rodney Ho, entertainment reporter, here from Tyler Perry on why he waited until now to release his new Netflix film, A Jazz Man's Blues. Plus, we'll tell you all about a longtime Athens restaurant that's closing and the return of the musician who is probably our most famous part-time Atlanta resident. If you're listening to this podcast on AJC.com, please take a moment to follow us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts so you'll never miss an episode. This is Go Atlanta from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. First on this week's podcast, Hot Topics. The grit in Athens is closing after forever, it seems. It is closing after forever. And I have to tell you, when we found out about it, I must have received like eight emails from colleagues at the AJC. So many folks here at the paper attended UGA and this was a hangout for them. So we definitely learned about it fast and jumped on it. But yes, uh, the grid in Athens is closing. It's going to be closing. The last day is October 7th. Now I didn't attend, you know, UGA. So the, the grid isn't a, um, a beloved in my heart, but I understand how, how dear it is to folks. It's been around for 36 years. Yeah. And um, I'm I guess sure it was for, a big deal to have a vegetarian restaurant in the 80s. That was probably cutting edge. I yeah. was going to say, well, the, it, apparently it was for a long time the only vegetarian that restaurant. That sounds about in Athens. right. So, wow. Yeah. And, you know, we have talked before about reasons that some restaurants are, uh, and mm-hmm. bars are closing these days. And this one, again, pandemic induced. Yeah. You know, they just, they just couldn't, couldn't make it through. And they actually did say, you know, it's throughout pandemic, they tried to stay open slower than normal summer, which is what we've seen restaurants experience sluggish entrance into fall. And, you know, ultimately, yeah, they shuttered. Now the owner, her name is Jessica Green, and um, she is going to be opening another restaurant next door to the grit. It's called Poquitos Taqueria. That's going to be open in a few weeks. So, you know, maybe like, it's not the grit, but... Um, yeah, so, so it's sad. I mean, it's it, it, 
something that's been around that long. I mean, I granted, I haven't been there in literally probably decades. Um, so, and I didn't, you know. Okay, then you're partially to blame too. <laughs> All you people who are moaning and groaning, who haven't gone to the grit in decades. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't get to Athens that much. It's like anytime I go there, it's usually to see a concert or something, you know. Um, and so we would go to the Grit occasionally, but it's rare. But it, it makes me worry about, you know, other places that have been around a long time that, that I do go to often and try to go more often because I worry about them closing. Right, you know? because they might not get the support. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. well, folks, have until October 7th to drive up to Athens and, you know, get their fill of vegetarian, yeah, vegan. Yeah, and that's, you know, that's another thing. It's like, you know, we do have a lot of vegetarian places, I guess, but but there still aren't places like the Grit, I guess, and uh, that makes me sad. I, I mean, I'm not a vegetarian, but I love to have that option when I want it. Right. Well, but I mean, the Athens's food scene has is continued yeah. to develop and evolve, and you know, there's some terrific restaurants there. So you know, we'll see. That's we'll true. see what happens in the coming coming weeks. And yeah. Anyway, yeah. sorry it, guys, sorry. Yeah, bad news, but you know, life goes on, and and you, there are plenty of places to eat around Athens. I, I love some Cali and Tito's. I love. Um, there are lots of places that are really great in Athens and here. So. Um, anyway, so yeah, get on out to, uh, the grit if you want to, uh, experience it one more time. Uh, we wanted to talk about our famous part-time Atlanta resident who was just here. Sir Elton John. Yeah. It seems like that's the thing that we, it's like that adjective, it's like descriptor, part-time Atlanta resident. When you say that. Elton John. Elton John pops into your head. Yeah. It's funny. Um, yeah. And he's been going on a I guess a farewell tour for right. because of the pandemic, it seems like five years, but I think <laughs> it was a long th- but, farewell. But it was already a planned three year tour. And right. back in 2019, I did a concert review of his, you know, when he was here at state farm in November and I wrote my headline said a still potent Elton John says, this is it in Atlanta. But I, Guess not, because <laughs> yeah. he came back to Mercedes Benz last week yeah. for what he says will truly be the final performance. So right? Were you there? I could not make it, so we brought in an intern. Yeah, um, Taylor Croft, our intern. Yeah, went. who was um, not remotely alive when most of his kids came. Yeah, out. yeah, it's great. <laughs> and and I, I thought it would be fun to have have someone younger. You know, cover the, yeah, the show because you know he's he now transcends decades. He's yes, got he hits with Dua, timeless. Yeah, you know he's got hits with Taylor Swift yeah. and Dua Lipa now. I mean, he's yeah. It's funny. It's like you know when I talked to her about doing it, she was she was like, oh yeah, I, I you know I know his music, so, but but mostly my parents. You know, her parents were uh, maybe uh, her grandparents at this could, point. Yeah, I mean, could be. <laughs> yeah, this point, it's been that long. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, he was here. It was uh, apparently quite the spectacle. Yeah, my, my um, Facebook feed, you know, since it's of my age, you know, it was yeah. packed on Thursday night with pictures yeah, from that concert because I yeah. couldn't make it. Yeah, um, I noticed that too. There are certain cho- certain shows that come to town and, you you know, like so many of your friends went because you see it in the Facebook feed or right, you know, right. Instagram or whatever. It's like everybody's there. Yeah, he, um, he still has his, I think he still has his penthouse in uh, Buckhead. Yeah. Um, but he's yeah. like never there. Well, yeah, because, you know, ever since he started dating David Furnish, he lived here for quite a while. I guess when he was dating somebody here in the 90s, he was here a lot. He was, yeah. I mean, that he was is here all one the time. celebrity sighting I would love to. Yeah. yeah I mean, he used to go to the Buckhead Diner. He was always Oh, he at, was a regular uh, at Tower Records. Yeah, every Tuesday, they, yeah. Would, they would cart out all the new releases for him, and he would spend 
you know, a thousand dollars a week, you know, probably, yeah. you know, in a blink of an eye, he would literally yeah, for, just for buy everything. young folks, Tuesday used to be the release day for those sort of things. Uh, and it's Tower now, Records was a, a yeah. really famous it, it was, retail it's, store. It's now Friday, but it used to be Tuesday. Friday makes a lot more sense to me, but I don't know. I, I don't know why it was Tuesday, but uh, I'm sure there was a reason for it. Uh, but yeah, Elton would, would show up there all the time. And yeah, he, I, he played tennis. He was all over yeah. the place. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, he was here for at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. It was uh, apparently quite the show. We have a uh, gallery of photos. We have our review from our intern, Taylor Croft. So you can go and check that out. But yeah, that was it, it was just great to see all the uh, all the photos of regular people, too. Yeah, and I'm glad he still can sing, because not every artist at that age can still belt it out. So yeah. he apparently still has his voice, which helps. Yeah, it really does. Yeah, because yeah, there have been some recent examples of people who gotten a lot of flack for uh rod stewart i think would did a uh, big show over in, I, in I was UK. there i mean it was he wasn't terrible but um yeah he was well, okay he held up yeah i, I mean I, I, specifically he, recently he did some show in the John uk bon Jovi, i heard was really bad yeah um, where he was it was you know apparently not great but you know when people age, they they lose their some voice. Day, and sometimes. Some days they have good days. Sometimes exactly. They have, and I thought I know, his, I his appearance, Rod, was good enough. Let's just say that it was yeah. enough. It wasn't terrible. <laughs> he held up. High praise indeed. Well, we, we we had to you know grade him on a curve of being where he's at. So and right. he, he was okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, one other hot topic we wanted to talk about. Um, there's a a series called Rockabye Baby. Is that right? Yes. And um, they've been for many many years doing lullaby versions of popular songs by popular yeah, artists Adele Beatles you yeah. name the artists and now yeah. they've actually you know they, they'll run into hip-hop and they did Outkast which yep. is interesting you know Outkast's lyrics are obviously very edgy at times so yeah since these are lullabies you don't have to worry about the lyrics you don't have to listen to roses you can do a lullaby version of roses and not worry about the lyrics for a little right. infant I yeah guess. they they have to they, I'm sure bit, there's some censorship going on on the <laughs> I mean the whole concept is a little weird because you're trying to get the child to go to sleep so you got to do right. the sleepiest versions of hit songs which is a little bit weird to yeah. me okay and, let's hear you do one <laughs> no i'm not gonna even try and, and do yeah. hey ya hey ya supposed to be a raver right and yet they have to do a lullaby version of hey ya you know yeah so. yeah it's more interesting when they have to do things like that i mean adele you can just put on adele and, and put somebody to sleep it's uh, <laughs> you don't yeah. you, you don't need the lullaby no version. You need i mean i love adele don't get me wrong i, I love her but but Boy, it is you know a downer sometimes to listen to Adele, and uh, I'm yeah, sure Adele's done some skits on that. Yeah, very you know if you're in a breakup mode, listen to Adele. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's it's some depressing stuff. That's for sure. But yeah, Outcast uh, as a lullaby, which uh, no one ever thought would happen, uh, but it has, and uh, you can check that out. Rodney did a, a post on that on the Georgia Entertainment Scene blog, which you can check out on AJC.com. And you can check out some other Rockabye Baby releases. They're, they've been doing it for many years now. So uh, it's entirely possible that your favorite artist has been done as a lullaby. This is the new Go Atlanta from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. 
Donald Trump has been indicted in Atlanta. We have so many court dockets to follow, but we haven't really seen anything yet. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution has covered every moment of this historic case. I've been writing about this investigation for two and a half years. Our team is led by reporters Bill Rankin and Tamar Hallerman. Follow our coverage on AJC.com and listen to new in-depth episodes of the award-winning podcast, Breakdown, the Trump Indictment, only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. We're back on the brand new Go Atlanta from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And next up, we're going to talk about what's new, some of the things that we've written about this week. And first up, we wanted to talk to Rodney about Tyler Perry, who he got to talk to about his new slash old film, right? Um, Yeah, this is his third film on Netflix. Uh, The first one, Fall from Grace, was kind of a big drama. And then then he did a a Medea homecoming, pure comedy. This is a historical drama um, that he... He's never done historical anything before. But it's interesting is that this screenplay, he actually wrote 27 years ago. Um, He was still just a broke screenwriter. I mean, he, he was... Just he had to sneak into plays at Alliance Theater by going in during the halftime break, intermission break, <laughs> and sneak in with the smokers. Yeah, and he went to an August Wilson play, and he said he he stuck around for the post reception, and he went up to August Wilson and got some advice from August about you know what he needed to do next, and and August just gave him probably a fairly trite type of advice, you know, right from your heart, and he actually took it to heart, and he wrote a jazz man's blues, which yeah. is about you know. It's kind of a Shakespearean type young couple who who get torn apart, but set in the 1940s. At the time he wrote it out of Louisiana, since he's from Louisiana, but he moved the film to Savannah, similar to Louisiana. And um, basically the woman can pass for white and she ended up like her family. They they got split apart and she moved to Boston and she came back into town, married to a white man like 10 years later. And of course, you know, that's that's a taboo thing back in the late 40s for her being quote white and him being black and they get together and things don't go well. You can imagine. So yeah. But, yeah. So the Shakespearean but, tragedy doesn't usually go yes, well. And yeah. uh, you know, he, he, it's, it's fairly hinted early on. You kind of know what's going to happen, yeah. but Tyler, you know, I think, you know, he's, he's going for re- more respectability, I think in this situation, I think, uh, cause typically his past movies, he, he's just kind of focused on his audience. And I spoke with him uh, for a few minutes before a screening last week at Colony Square at IPIC Cinema. And, um, you know, he explained to me why he was doing it now, why this was an important time for him to release the film. Unfortunately, uh, the the timing lined up in in a not so great way, meaning that we are at a place in our country where there are certain figures in politics who are trying to water down the history of the black experience in America what we've endured, what we've come through, the pains and horrors of Jim Crow and uh, slavery and so on and so forth by the banning of books and the homogenizing of, of our pain. So I thought, even though... This is a and th- as a creative person, that just must be horrifying yeah, to you, Horrifying, too. Yeah. especially living in Atlanta and, and knowing John Lewis and Andy Young and knowing the Dr. King and all the, the spirit and the energy and the soul of these men and women who pushed through to change, change civil rights... Um, I, I just had to say something in my own way. And as I was thinking about it, I thought, you know, jazz man is something I could, I could do. So did he sit on it for decades or did he work to he, he, continue to shape it? Like one thinks um, of like a novel takes forever. He kind of sat on it. I think he tried to work on it a little bit in the nineties. In the and then he just, you know, the Medea stuff, all that stuff kind of took over and he wanted to keep doing 
kind of what worked for him, what he was most comfortable with and what could build him up to what he's essentially a billionaire now. Now that he's a billionaire, he can kind of afford to like do a project like this and get it to Netflix. Uh, so he felt like this was just the right time. Uh, he actually wanted to be cast as like the main lead back in the 90s because the guy's 17 in the beginning and then 27. But Tyler says, you know, I'm 53 and he, he'd wanted Halle Berry to be like the female lead. Yeah, he had a lot of ambitions back in the 90s. So he had he brought in some newcomers to uh, to be the leads. That's cool. OK, so I have to put Jazzman's Blues on my uh, Netflix list. Yeah. Awesome. So great. Yeah. Tyler Perry, Jazzman's Blues. It's available on Netflix now. So uh, you can just uh, go out there and watch it anytime. I love streaming. Same. <laughs> and this week, our restaurant review is Sunnyside Pizza in Sandy Springs. Sunnyside Pizzeria, Sandy Springs. Yeah. So they opened in July. And for folks who are, you know, trying to picture where it is in Sandy Springs, it's in the Sandy Springs, uh, the Sandy Landing Shopping Center near City Springs. So it's very close. I mean, pretty much like right by City Hall. It's owned by two people, David G. and Sonny Sun, and they are first-time restaurant operators. Uh, And the specialty here is Neapolitan-style pizza. Mm. All right. So just right away, I want to tell you, but my favorite pick there is because this pizza really is worth driving for. Now, it's worth driving for if you live within, like, seven miles. I would drive seven miles. I wouldn't drive more than that. And it's the hot honey char. It's really good. So it's this lovely balance of like savory and sweet and salty and spicy. It's got pepperoni. The pepperoni is wonderfully, the cupping there, you know, where you've got Mm. like the char part, right? (laughs) And then the oil that's like all rendered and whatnot. There's dabs of ricotta on it and, and then the hot honey. So it's really, that's a terrific topping combination. I did have some issues, however, with their crust. So Neapolitan, these are 12-inch pizzas. Personally, I mean, we could think of it as a personal pizza if you want to. But, Mm -hmm. I mean, if you're going with somebody easily, you can, you know, share. And the pizzas are, I mean, they've got their wood-fired oven. But it wasn't, sometimes it wasn't charred. I would actually say burnt. And there's a difference because burnt, you're going to have that acrid taste. Yeah. The other thing is a Neapolitan pizza should be both soft, you know, and chewy, but there needs to be the crispy element at the same time. It's both at the same time. And this one didn't always nail it. And one of my biggest problems was when I tried for takeout, because if you're going to have pizza and you also offer online ordering and your, you know, delivery through third-party delivery services. I'm going to try it that way too. And that was a disappointment. So I ended up quickly scarfing down some pieces in my car because I wanted to give them the benefit of the (laughs) doubt, but it was barely hot when I arrived and picked them up. I'm like, eh, I was told the exact pickup time, you know? So my feeling is dine in there. Terrific. If I think that it has potential to be a really nice neighborhood pizzeria yeah. for folks in Sandy Springs. Yeah. And, I mean, they have beer and wine. It's really casual. I will recommend something else that is 
a really fun dessert and it's super cheap. It's eight bucks. It would easily feed like a table of four. So let's mom, mom, dad, two kids, even it's family friendly and it's fried pizza dough and it gets, um, (laughs) I know. Okay. It's a Zipole, right? So the, just think of them almost like donut holes, right? And so you get powdered sugar and drizzles of uh, Nutella and caramel sauce. And it's a massive bowl of it. Yeah. So that was a fun way to finish. They will be offering gelato, I think, starting in November. They need to figure out, they need to finish, finalize their recipe development on those before they they launch. So, yeah. So, oh, and by the way, they had some really nice pastas. They're not making their pastas there, but they're buying them fresh local from a maker here. And they treat them with respect. The bolognese was really nice. So, yeah, so there you go. It's called Sunnyside Pizzeria Sandy Springs. I'm, I'm very intrigued by the hot honey. The uh, hot honey char. That no, sounds it was really good. Super satisfying. They just, they just nailed it in terms of, like, the balance and the textures and the flavors. Yeah, because yeah. I love things that are sweet and salty together. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, it's one of my favorites. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that sounds awesome. Try Sunnyside Pizza in Sandy Springs, especially if you're in the neighborhood. And speaking of Sandy Springs, there's a, a band coming to Sandy Springs, and uh, they've been around for quite a long time. Yeah, they're named Kansas, which is kind of funny. They came from Topeka, Kansas yeah. back in the early 70s, but the band members actually moved to Atlanta in the late 70s after mm-hmm. Carry On Wayward Son and Dust in the Wind became hits, in part because they started dating like flight attendants and <laughs> women and... and, and, and Atlanta obviously had a lot of flight attendants back in the yes. day and still do. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, it became very convenient from a touring perspective. And the town was a lot of fun. They, you know, they'd hang out at Alex Cooley's Electric Ballroom. Right. Uh, so they, they ended up coming here. So, and I interviewed Rich Williams. He lived here for over 40 years and only moved to North Carolina f- to like a retirement type spot, semi-retirement. He's not really retired, but yeah. just a quieter spot in North Carolina a couple years ago. Yeah. But he, he lived right up the street from Sandy Springs. He said he watched that Byers Theater at Sandy Springs Performing Arts Center actually get built. Right. So it's, um, you know, he's always looking forward to coming back. I mean, he says they literally just tour perpetually. They just do 80 dates a year. They just constantly yeah. tour. Um, yeah. because why not if you're still healthy and two of the original well, members are still there yeah. uh you, you, if you as long as you can still do it well i mean the thing is back back then it's like the the record deals that these people got they they don't get a whole lot of um he probably yeah. does okay on the songwriting for the both songwriting, carry on wayward if, if son and dust in the, the wind yeah both dust in the wind and carry yeah, on still yeah, get played if, constantly on the river yeah and if, all you got, the if you got a songwriting credit, that's different but but yeah you don't get much in royalties from record sales or anything like that right a, correct a lot of musicians have to tour basically to yeah. make money i think they like to tour and you know look, yeah. they, they, the, the lead singer retired in 2014 so they brought yeah. in a new guy who's you know who was in a cover band and loved kansas so kind of like foreigner and a bunch of the other bands like Journey, they've got a sub lead. But I yeah. think for Kansas, I don't think people you know, knew the lead singer so well that it was that yeah. important. Well, I mean, I do. Um, you do. But, okay, fair yeah, enough. Of course but, you yeah, do. But Steve Walsh, I mean, he had a distinctive voice. And I actually saw Kansas back in the late 70s. So, um, yeah. Where? Did you see him at Alex Cooley's no, electric No, no, I didn't. <laughs> um, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I believe it was at uh, Little John Coliseum in Clemson, South Carolina. Oh, nice. Okay. Um, I, I think that's where it was. I, I I couldn't be sure. I'm pretty sure it was the Point of No Return tour, um, which they had some hits off of that one too. Yes, uh, um, but uh, you know, one interesting thing is Ronnie Platt. He says they 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 rehearsed like for sixty to ninety minutes before the concert. They're they're that intense. So I, I got to give respect them for 
working on their craft, even though they could theoretically phone it in at this point, but it sounds right. like they don't. <laughs> they really do care about making sure that this really complicated progressive rock music is sounds just right. Yeah. So that's great. I, I, I yeah. you know, so whatever you hear on Friday, it's, it's well-practiced. They, they yeah. are, they're prepared and they're and, ready. And I'm sure that everyone will hear the hits because, you know, that's, but they, of course, that's why they came. That, exactly. That's oh. why they came. And, and, you know, bands like Kansas, they know that. And, yes, and they're, they're where they have several and, you know, they'll, they'll blend it in with some deep cuts because they've got sure. fans who like those too. So it's, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the couple of those those '70s albums are, are are awesome. Leftover tour, which is the one that yeah, has that, that was the breaking. Yeah, that was the side. one that made a difference for them. Yeah, yeah. There, there was a run there where they had several really really good albums. So. Yeah. So Kansas will be coming to the Sandy Springs Performing Arts Center, the Byers Theater, there Friday. Also, I uh, wanted to mention that the Decatur Book Festival is happening this weekend. It's it's a little different. Uh, they have. Yeah, it used to be a whole weekend, right? It did, and it used to be Labor Day. Yes. They moved it, I, I think, it, did they move it before the pandemic? I can't recall. Uh, but, I mean, I think there was talk about moving it because of uh, the convergence of events that were happening that weekend. Um, a lot you know, of competition because of Yeah, there was a lot of competition. And, yeah. I mean, they didn't necessarily overlap a lot, maybe, Not with really. Dragon Con or, or whatever, but... Um, no, I know they didn't move it before the pandemic because I had to go there year after year because we had the culinary stage, and that's not something yeah, that they're the doing. Right. The sponsor well, it. yeah, no, I don't think they. But I, it seems like I, I, maybe I'm wrong, but it seems like they had talked about it before. Oh, it gotcha. Happened. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't I recall, know. You're right. I recall the, the, some discussion it was about it. The idea gonna, that they were tossing around. Yeah, okay. yeah. Because of that, that mm-hmm. they they were planning on moving much the same way that uh, you know Atlanta Pride used to be used to be in June, um, which is, you know, Pride Month in general, but because Atlanta is blazing hot in June, they moved it to October. Um, and, and, you know, I've noticed a lot of other places have moved it around too, just, you know. So, yeah, the Decatur Book Festival is back and in person this year, but it is shorter. Most of the events are happening on Saturday, October 1st. Yeah. We have a preview story um, that's in Thursday's paper. Uh, and also online at AJC.com, so you can go and check that out. Find out who's going to be where. Yeah, and, so, and since I'm big on promotion here anyway, we've got uh, Ernie Suggs, Mike Lukovich, and Greg Bluestein. They're all going to be in one right. at 9.30 a.m. Well, if this is on Saturday, on Saturday um, yes. is this some of the stuff outside? Um, um, Weather-wise, well, what's going to happen? I, okay. I, well, I think, I mean, the, well, the book the, festival things, I think, a lot of them are inside, but there, there, there are tents outside, right? Like, yeah, there, there, there are related events and things like that. So, yeah, might be neat. Bring your umbrellas. Yeah, yeah, we we do have to talk about the elephant in the room, which is Ian, uh, which is headed our way. Well, not really headed our yeah, way. Be a little bit east of us, I think. Yeah, um, yeah. Last, we might get a little rain. That's the thing. Yeah, at last wind. check. Yeah, I think. Um, you know, the outer edges, we're probably going to get a lot of rain. So uh, whatever you plan to do this weekend, uh, definitely check with uh, the organizers, check websites, keep up with what's going on. Well, because I'm a little bit bummed because this coming weekend, I was supposed to go out to the Georgia coast because there's a nonprofit event fundraiser that's happening called Firebox. 
And that's sort of like for um, same people know the name Giving Kitchen here yeah. in Atlanta that started in Atlanta. It's for food service workers and they offer them financial support and other types of resources when they're facing unexpected hardship. And so this is sort of similar group, but separate. Um, and it was actually started by the guys who founded Southern Soul Barbecue. Anyway, this was their fifth year. It's a big fundraiser. That's a barbecue bringing in all these great names and they've had to cancel that. Yeah. So darn it. I'll, I'll have to, um, you know, that's, that's really sad. Yeah. When, when, especially something, you know, that was supposed to benefit a nonprofit and, it sounds really cool. And anytime you get a lot of barbecue people together, that's kind of oh, awesome. Oh, I know. Exactly. <laughs> so I'll just have to, you know, put that on my calendar. For yeah, that's that's too bad. So, again, check with folks. We'll have some updates. Of course, uh, we've got reporters out there following the weather right now. Some of our photographers, as, as we just heard, have been uh, hurricane chasing. So, yeah, we'll have all the coverage of Hurricane Ian and how it's going to impact uh, us here and on the Georgia coast as things develop. So uh, check AJC.com for that. And I wanted to mention some things that are coming up in uh, Go Guide and our Sunday Living and Art section. This week's Go Guide cover is about apple picking, which is really cool. Uh, It's so much fun to go and pick your own apples. And we'll be talking more about that in next week's podcast and some other fall fun things. And speaking of fall, the next week after that, we're going to be telling you where to see fall foliage here in North Georgia. And in the Sunday Living and Arts section coming up, we'll have a look at Children's Healthcare of Atlanta's Therapy Dogs, which uh, we've done a few times in the past, but it's been a while. And uh, it's always a great story. Uh, I love the, the tales of, of their therapy dogs and how they help the kids there. No pun intended. The tales. Uh, hmm. No. <laughs> So, speaking of dogs, our pet of the week is Bone, and Bone is ready to accept any toys that you want to give him, although he prefers one that squeaks. He'll thank you for the toys by giving you lots of big kisses, and he loves when you cuddle back. Two-year-old Bone has a happy demeanor and is excited to be by your side. He's also dog-friendly and seems cat-friendly, too. Bone is available to adopt or foster from the Lifeline Community Animal Center at 3180 Presidential Drive in Atlanta. And we'll have a link to Bone's adoption profile and a photo of him on our story page for this podcast. Thanks for listening to our debut episode of Go Atlanta. We release new episodes every Thursday morning to keep you in the loop of all the great things that Atlanta has to offer, whether it involves planning an outing or just giving you something to talk about with friends and family. So be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. For more things to do in and around Atlanta, go to AJC.com. Thanks, as always, to Rodney Ho. Thank you so much, Shane. And to LaGaia Figueres. Thank you. And I'm Shane Harrison, and we'll talk to you again next week for more ways to go Atlanta. I'm Ernie Suggs, race and culture reporter for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And I'm Ned Ravone, lifestyle columnist. Atlanta has been known as the Black Mecca for so many years, but that means something different to everybody. It means everything to me. I've been living here for 24 years and I am still amazed at how rich the city's Black culture continues to grow. Every day I wake up, I learn something new. Well, you all can learn something new by subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's new newsletter called Unapologetically ATL. It's all about the people, the events, and the entertainment happening in Metro Atlanta that Black people might want to know about. 
like historically black colleges and universities. Atlanta's thriving art scene. And the city's growing neighborhoods. Wherever you live, we want to hear from you. We want to hear what issues are important to you. So subscribe today at www.ajc.com slash unapologetically ATL. Only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution.